Today, this podcast is being recorded on Awabakal and Waramai land. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and extend our respect to any First Nations, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people joining us today. Welcome into the realm of sluts and blood magic, where we work together to remove the taboo around sex, periods and ethical non-monogamy in order to have more fulfilling and pleasurable relationships and lives. I'm your host, Jem Campbell, a dietitian, nutritionist, sexologist, menstrual cycle guide and menstrual blood witch. If you love the podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review so we can reach and empower as many sluts as possible. Let's get into this week's episode. Before we get into the episode today, I'd love to tell you all about my latest free resource that you can get access to via the show notes of this episode. It's called a guided meditation for the premenstrual phase of your cycle. And it's basically for anyone who menstruates and has a womb. I created it to support you through what can be sometimes the trickiest phase of our menstrual cycle. So check that out in the show notes. It's completely free. It's just an audio that you can listen to as many times as you like. I hope you find it valuable. Feel free to share it with your friends and loved ones in your community. Hey folks, welcome back to Blood Slot. Today on the podcast, I have an incredible guest. Her name is Emily and she is a period registered dietitian based in Canada. This is going to be a four part series, potentially more, (laughs) but in this week's episode, we're going to chat all about the importance of using inclusive language when talking about periods and the reproductive system. We also chat a lot about Emily and learn more about her and how she got to where she is today in her career working in private practice as a dietitian and nutritionist. And next week we're going to be talking about the need for sex positivity in the nutrition space. We're also going to chat about pregnancy prevention for trans folks taking testosterone. And we also chat about a heap of other random shit, but it's honestly such a hilarious conversation. So even if you're not super interested in any of these topics, you're going to learn a thing or two and you're going to learn a lot about Emily. I'm going to have her back on the podcast a fair bit. So this is a great opportunity to get to know her. She's fucking hilarious. And this conversation was honestly like just mind-blowingly hilarious and entertaining. And I really hope you find it as funny as we did. This is also going to be a part one in probably a three or four part series because we, okay, this Zoom call went for three hours from 9pm till 12am, <laughs> my time in Australia. We talked nonstop and it was phenomenal and honestly the, the best podcast interview I've ever done. So enjoy. <laughs> oh, and just so you know, in the other parts, I've just got my notes here. <laughs> Um, We're going to talk about heavy periods. We're also going to chat about hustle culture, capitalism and burnout and the effect these things have on our menstrual cycle. Then we're also going to chat about foods to keep our hormones happy. 
and we're also going to chat about alcohol and the effect that excessive alcohol consumption and any alcohol consumption can have on our hormones and then we're also going to chat a little bit about how to enjoy exercise and movement a little bit more and we also chat a fair bit about diet culture and how fucked it is (laughs) throughout the three parts so yeah all right let's get into it Hello, what's up? Hello, (laughs) that was such an entrance. (laughs) Yo, 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 (laughs) yo, 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 folks. Here I am. (laughs) Oh my god, I love you already. (laughs) I mean, it already did, but you know. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so flattered. I'm so. I am good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Fantastic, fantastic. I do apologize if I sound a little grainy. Um, I was super excited about it. And then in retrospect, r- wish I had planned it a little bit better. Um, one of the clinics that I work for did a big cancer fundraising event. Um, so my time last night. Um, yeah. And it was fabulous. I was on my feet for most of it because I helped with kind of auctioning different items. We raised like 200k. Um, to go towards um, local families and building a new facility. Um, wow. But I didn't get home and like in bed until like 1am my time. So I am running <laughs> on fabulous five hours of sleep. Oh, we love that. <laughs> we love that so much for me. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for being here with five hours sleep. Thank um, you for having me. me. I even wore my uterus earrings specifically <gasps> for this. Oh, stunning. I had, I had to. They're from Indifferent Avocado. I believe they're in they're in Oz, but I'm not sure where. Indifferent <laughs> Avocado? Is that what the brand's yeah. called? Yes. Okay, I'm writing that down. <laughs> <laughs> I need those earrings. <laughs> I want, like, and they come in. Ones. They have, oh, they do have, um, they have ones that are the vulva uh, that I love and they're like bright pink. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have this same design, but it's like a glowing stand. Um, and then I think there's a couple other ones where the uterus is on fire and another one where the ovaries are like given the finger. And I just, uh, oh, I live I? for all of it. <laughs> I not heard of them. <laughs> I found them on TikTok, I think by accident. And now I'm obsessed with their Instagram. Oh. <laughs> God love TikTok. Gotta <laughs> love it. Right. Mm. Yeah. What was it that you didn't rinse out this morning or my morning, your evening? What do you mean? I was watching your Instagram story before hopping on and you were like, oh, I have, have to rinse this out. Oh, <laughs> that was such a random video to tag you into because I just went off on this random tangent and I'm like, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um. <laughs> Oh, I um, I dyed my hair. I haven't even looked at it yet. You know, when you dye your hair and usually you look at it, I yep. kind of just forgot. <laughs> you know what? We we love I, a chaotic. We love a chaotic hairstyle. What color is it? It's supposed to be a pastel orange. It's looking mm-hmm. like it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. I just had like a little bit of orange dye left, and we're moving, and I was like, I don't want to take that, and I don't want to waste it. So I just mixed some conditioner in and like whacked it in and. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> why not right why not why the fuck not like I change my hair every five <laughs> weeks anyway <laughs> there you go right how about I introduce myself in some little bits and if I miss anything mm-hmm. feel free to pop her in there I am that I, sounds great I like to think I'm really humble but on purpose I <laughs> sometimes leave stuff out because I am learning not to be embarrassed about the things that I've done 
mm-hmm. um, and not to be quiet about them. So if I miss anything, please keep me accountable, bestie. Right. Um, so I'm Emily. I'm a registered dietitian in Ontario, Canada, for all of the girls, gays, bays who are tuning in uh, to this <laughs> episode. Um, I trained at Brescia University College, which is a um, university college affiliate with Western University in London, Ontario. Mm-hmm. And then I got really, really lucky and I did my internship through the London Health Sciences Center. So literally right there, um, I didn't have to travel too far. Um, and because most of the um, healthcare world in terms of, you know, finding your first job and uh, really connecting with other people. My very first kind of clinical job was in a uh, kind of community environment that uh, my parents knew a couple of folks on the board and they chit chatted that, Hey, you know, she's going to be finishing school. You guys looking for a dietitian. And so my first job was in um, kind of a, a community health center type vibe um, worked there for a couple of years and with the uh, good old pandemic Lovato in 2020, <laughs> Um, <laughs> I ended up having some change in my position, um, in terms of hours and stuff like that. And I thought, wouldn't it just be so funny if just a really good joke for the plot line, if I went into private practice. Um, and so <laughs> I started this really cool and super chaotic journey of going into, uh, private practice nutrition and focusing in reproductive health, sexual health. Um, and so that's what I do right now. I am literally all over the place right now. I'm consulting for three different teams. Um, and I went back to school part-time virtually in sexual health. Um, and then we'll be doing a research project over this summer, um, with a hospital system out kind of our, our way. Um, so when I'm not doing that, I am either on the ice or I'm in the garden or I'm reading right now, I'm finishing A Certain Hunger, um, and I'm obsessed with it, would definitely recommend, although you might want a strong stomach for it. I don't know if any of your (laughs) viewers are into kind of the splatterpunk vibe of reading. I am experimenting and dabbling in that area, Mm -hmm. because blood is, ironically, not my thing, periods, totally fine, like untouched Mm -hmm. by the vasovagal response. It's the wildest thing to me. Um, so that's me. <laughs> you use she, her pronouns, right? I do. Yes. She, and her, you, hers. And you identify as a woman? I do indeed. Okay. Great. Great. Um, good for you. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Double thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So I don't know if you mentioned these things, but you are obviously a period, well, a period dietitian. That's your... Mm-hmm area of specialty <laughs> yeah then, in a sense yeah which I love I love there should be more of you <laughs> more yes. of you in the world um <laughs> you're also eating disorder so ED informed as well that positive we love we love oh yeah um yeah. gender inclusive oh you got it oh yeah oh you got it um and yeah so mostly you provide nutrition coaching for better periods and fertility the anti-diet way I read on your website and I was like, I fucking love that slogan. That's so good. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, Diets are nonsense. Yeah. Diets are bullshit. Yeah. And helping people get pregnant is, you know, I, I, I have this year, I think I've got, I've got as if I'm growing them myself, which I'm not, <laughs> I've got four, four babies due this year. 
from my clients, which is great. Super excited about it. Oh my God. Yes. Um, But it's also very much dismantling the idea of, yeah, fertility being a, having this fertile body that looks a specific way. And so fuck diets and we just, we do it that way. (laughs) Yeah. Do you follow um, Hayes then as well over in Canada? That's like global, right? Yeah, it has. um, It's interesting as a model. I do follow Hayes principles. If for anyone who's not familiar with them, I imagine you talk about this on your show. Hayes stands. Haven't actually yet. So please, yeah. Amazing. It's essentially the understanding and a body of research that shows that um, health status can be achieved to an individual's definition um, and an individual's accessibility at any body size. The challenge with the original Hayes model is that it was written by two um, kind of straight size uh, white individuals, and they didn't have a lot of that conversation, that nuance around why even the pursuit of health can be really challenging because it might not be accessible to all Mm. folks. So we talk about things like chronic disease, that person's never going to be healthy but that doesn't mean they can't do things that are health promoting to their bodies. Yeah. So it's basically just dismantling the idea that health is a moral obligation or even an mm. obligation to being well. Um, but the original premise was that, yeah, you can achieve your status of health at any size. You don't have to actively work on making your body smaller to be healthier. We have had some newer discussion in and around that. Um, a really great organization that's been, Having those conversations is the Association for Size, Diversity, and Health, or ASDA. They kind of took over uh, the Hayes model when the uh, one of the original writers kind of stepped away with lots of controversy. And we that is outside of the scope of even today's conversation because we could do a whole pod on that specifically. Oh shit, yeah. Um, but so they've they've taken that over um, a little bit more. So so yes. Long story short, I do practice from a Hayes model. Epic, I thought you would. Do you know something really fucked up that I list? I was listening to a podcast on fat phobia and the origins of fat phobia the other day. Where what podcast was it on? Fuck, it was so good. I'll try and find it and put it in the show notes. But um basically it was a black woman, I think woman, um, speaking about the history of fat phobia and where it initially originated. And mm-hmm. because obviously, as we know in history, like curvier um women were you know, that was the beauty standard mm-hmm. through different periods of history. And then apparently the reason why thinness became it or like in was because um, because of the curvier bodies of black women and women mm-hmm. of color. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Why is there talk about this more? Mind blowing. <laughs> well, and, and I think that Um, it speaks to a lot of some of the even issues within the dietetics community, the nutrition community that we want to talk about dismantling, um, you know, the, the verses between fatness, thinness, but a lot of our profession is dominated by thin white White women who don't want to have the conversations that are really uncomfortable around a lot of our body of work is based in racism, transphobia, um, misogyny and the patriarchy, capitalism. Um, and those conversations are really difficult to have because it asks people to come to terms with the idea that they are not the most knowledgeable about the thing they're talking about. 
Yeah. Um, and white people ap- apparently fucking hate that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we do. <laughs> So for anybody out there who hasn't already, a really fabulous resource for learning more about that relationship is Fearing the Black Body by Sabrina Strings, an incredible book. Mm -hmm. Um, Even in a lot of my own learning, have found that to be an amazing resource to share with other folks. So 10 out of 10 would recommend. Thank you for that. 12 out of 10. You're so welcome. (laughs) I need need new books to read. Like I've got a whole bookshelf of shit that I haven't read, but like I don't want to read it. So I just keep (laughs) buying new books. Does anyone else do that or is it just me? (laughs) Spend like two years reading the same book. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I had to make like a TBR list. I had to pick. Because my TBR, my to be read list is 300 books long. Yeah, I'm so excited to just consume knowledge and digest it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to pick. I had to go through this list and pick. Okay, I want to read this many books this year. I have to pick. And I can't read the next one until this one's done. So kind of like systematically making my way through. I think I'm on book 10 now for this year. But Holy I download shit, them on my dude. I download them on my phone. So cut me some slack here. I download them on my phone. And while I'm in the middle of like waiting for a client to log in or I'm, you know, eating lunch, I can just like rip through it on my on my device. Mm. Um, or when I, you know, do long road trips and stuff like that with my fiance, then we just audio books. Exactly. Audiobooks, yeah. anywhere I can get a PDF version of it that I can just read on the fly. Um, mm. because I love having like a physical solid book to read but I'll put it down and I'll forget where I put it or I'll forget that I have it um and then I won't touch it or I'll I'll look at it like oh this looks so cute on my bookshelf I can't take it (laughs) off the bookshelf because (laughs) doesn't look wrong (laughs) (laughs) oh I love the commitment I can't did you say you've read 10 books already this year I believe it is 10 it's either 9 or 10 that's amazing well done bloody hell Oh, Fred's hero. I need to catch up. (laughs) I had a lot of big trips earlier this year. Like at one point I had like a seven hour drive um, to figure skating championships. So I'm like, I got nothing else to do. I might as well just read this whole time. Yeah. How did you go? Was there like a recent championship that you were at? It was in, look at my calendar here. It was at, it was in Ottawa. Um, and for reference, I'm kind of just outside. I've been there. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> it's beautiful at the beginning of March this year. So mm-hmm. about, I guess it's witch's night, by the way, any of our pagan witchy besties out there? Is it? Witches night. Like, world, is like world witch's night or something. It's very thin between April 30th and May 1st. Is it like a uh, portal or something? What is it? I think have so. have a name? My, my understanding. Oh God, it's German. I, I would, I would butcher it. Um, but it's six months from Halloween. Um, the veil is very thin today (gasps) that the, uh, spirits want to come hang with us. So I would say if if anybody's a really, um, avid, uh, tarot, um, user that now would Mm. be the time to really, I used to be, but not so much, but that's interesting. I am getting back into mine. I brought it because I wanted to be able to show it. Uh, the sacred cycles, Oracle deck. (gasps) You're joking. That exists. Mm -hmm. You are full of good Thank you. I found it at a witchy market that I went to. Um, it's Jill pile and M Um, it's gorgeous. So it has all the different phases of the menstrual cycle. 
Um, You're has, fucking joking. I wish I was joking. I really wish. It's got the different, we've got wild one. We've I'm got doing animals. excited stims with my pen. I love it. We have the ovaries. We've <laughs> uh-huh. got the clitoris. Oh my God. Absolutely. Like the whole thing, the whole fucking thing. So love that. But anyway, championships wise was, uh, I guess two months ago, mm-hmm. um, in Ottawa. Uh, and so we took a couple days and we drove up, um, and then stayed, um, so that I could compete. And then that's actually when we got engaged. So it was, oh. it was a nice little, did I see that nice on your, I feel like I saw that on your Instagram. I put it on my stories. So it's interesting. I'm a super open person talking about my work. I yeah. keep my personal life so private because mm-hmm. I hate micromanagement. <laughs> yeah. I hate getting tons and tons and tons of little like personal questions about things. So I limit all of my personal life to my stories. So I'm like, mm-hmm. here's a little thing of what's going on with my life. Oh, and now it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. I was like, wait, I didn't know she had a partner. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. know anything about you outside of your work and like, Figure skating. It's yep. figure skating that you do, isn't it? Like yes. you do the full like twirlies and everything. Just for I those do of the you jumps don't know. and yeah. the spins. Exactly. I identify Amazing. as a spinner. Um, oh. I like jumping. I do like jumping. I've had some nasty falls in my 20 oh. years of skating. And so I still jump, uh, working my way back up. But I definitely prefer spinning for sure. Mm-hmm. And I'm a solo figure skater. A lot of folks okay. ask me because I'm – older quote unquote as a figure skater I'm gonna be 28 this year um oh, I'm so old a- oh my god we're the same age uh twins yes. long lost twins um <laughs> <laughs> because I'm older I get a lot of questions around oh you do synchro so you do like the groups of skating and I'm like no I've no. never seen a group do that I've only seen like it's a fun couple. I did yeah. it as a kid, I think for a season or two, but I am I'm competitive as shit. I, yeah. You got to be as if you wouldn't be doing what you're doing. Right. <laughs> you have to be competitive. You're literally competing. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Should we get into the questions? <laughs> Let's do it. I thought actually, because I was so excited and I wanted to make sure I really communicated what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I even took little notes. So if, if y'all, if we're, if we were recording video and everything and everybody's watching the video, if you see me looking side to side, I'm looking at my notes so I don't yeah. fuck it up. You got to have <laughs> notes, <laughs> right? We're not superhuman. <laughs> um, where are you based, babe, as well? Like uh, whereabouts so, in Canada? So I am from an area called Middlesex County. So okay. it kind of encompasses uh, the London kind of Strathroy area. It's tiny. Um, I joke with my family, my friends, my partner that um, I didn't, I mean, not that I didn't imagine it, but I happened to move into an area that's like living in a fucking Hallmark movie all year round. And I'm obsessed. <laughs> that sounds so cringe. I love I'm it. Obsessed. And that's exactly what it, it's campy. It's cringy. And I'm obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. Um, our street is super quiet. So um, home office wise, that's kind of where I am. Mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time working at home uh, virtually. So I'll see, yeah. see clients in virtual sessions. Yeah. Uh, but I do have an in-person clinic. I'm going to plug them here. Um, Her Optimal Health in Strathroy, Ontario. Uh, we are a um, women's health clinic. So we serve um, women, women identifying non-binary folk. 
um, in all of their health needs. So we've got a couple absolutely incredible pelvic and orthopedic physiotherapists, massage. We've got a nurse practitioner, mm. a counselor, a birth educator and a postpartum doula, lactation consultants. I was, I looked at that website actually, I think, and I was like looking at all this and I was like, well, I didn't even know some of these jobs existed. Incredible. Honestly, (laughs) that particular clinic was the first private practice venture that I had. um, Mm. And I don't intend on leaving them like ever. Um, And I'm saying that on purpose because I'm dead serious about it. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was trying to leave my clinic job that was starting to leave me feeling like burnt out and all that garbage, um, I found them by accident in a flyer of events in the community and they had an ad and a little article in because they had just opened right before the pandemic started. And as a result, they had closed down. So they were open, but the doors were closed. They were still be able to like, um, see people with lots of precautions and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I messaged them because they had a post out about, oh, we did a women's night and we wanted to get an idea of what women in the community were looking for. Um, and I'd zoom in like a little creep on the photo because they did this like big piece of paper with markers. So I'm zooming in. I'm like, what is it they're looking for? And nutrition was in it. So I I slid into their DMs and was like, hi, I'm a dietitian in the area. I work from this perspective. Um, please let me know if you guys have a need for it. And they were like, yeah, we're super interested. Let's plan a meeting. I literally drafted like a pitch of what I wanted to offer there. And I walked out of that meeting and they're like, yep, we're, uh, we'll do another meeting with like our main um, chiropractor that runs all three of the sites I found out. So we are just the women's health clinic, but there's two others. Um, and I met them, I think a couple weeks later, he's like, yeah, uh, this sounds perfect. Um, go for it. Sure. Love it. Oh, and I have been there ever since. Amazing. <laughs> so I that clinic as well. Yeah. So what state? What state are you in then? Ontario. That's um, Ontario is a province. That's a province. <laughs> yeah, right. Ontario is its own. We sometimes call it Ontario. Have you seen any of the shit that our government gets up to? Of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just changed it so that um, now, as of a date, um, for me, it's April thirtieth, twenty twenty-three. We just found out that they're going to be waiving education requirements for police officers. So you can go into police training fresh out of high school. Really? Yep. We just found that out earlier this week. So that's how things are going here. No. What kind of training do they usually do before? Like education? They they usually require, I think it's either a diploma or or a degree of some sort. Like some kind of theoretical stuff. Something exactly now. I believe you can go straight into just oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I just love that so much. Um, but yes, so I'm in the Ontario province of Canada. (laughs) So that's not a state, you're not in a state. Nope, that always drives me up the wall when I'm trying to order something online and they don't have any of the Canadian provinces listed. They're like, oh, that's so confusing to the U.S. And I'm like, oh, I really wanted those shoes. <laughs> what the fuck? That's bullshit. Wait, so yeah. but British Columbia is a state, right? British Columbia is also a province. Oh, my God. So they're, all, wait, so they're all provinces. None yes. of them are states. I didn't None know. I've literally traveled across that entire country. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The provinces. There's the provinces and the territories. 
um, okay. which gets kids fucking confused um, in, in classes. But I like to think I've got a better idea of what a global map looks like versus an American. She said it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so British Columbia, Alberta, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Ontario, Quebec, um, Newfoundland, yep. and Labrador, all that, all that. And then yeah. we've got Yukon, Northwest Territories, uh, Nunavut. Um, yeah. So provinces and territories. Okay, thank you for that geography lesson. What the fuck? How did I not know oh, that? You're welcome. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> also, I, lo- I love Canada. I think I will live there one day for a, for a period of time. You know, despite some of its flaws, it does have a lot of really great elements to it. Like a significant portion of our healthcare is covered. Uh, reproductive health is protected because it's been grouped under the Healthcare Act. Um, so it's not separate versus in some other countries where reproductive health is a separate area that's regulated. <coughs> the U.S. Um, <laughs> yeah, that place is. Um, and it's honestly, uh, I, I, yeah, I have to go buy a wedding dress in a couple weeks. And I'm like, that's literally the first and last time I think I will go there in like the last decade. Um like well, not going back um but yeah and and the landscapes are gorgeous um and everybody apparently really really enjoys sports all the sportsing for the goal of being the ultimate sportser at this community event I went last to went to last night wow um they were talking about streaming the Maple Leafs game um because this was one of their big ones and it was a whole thing um and I grew up in a hockey family but I'm still like in mm. awe every day of how like hockey proud, curling proud, lacrosse sometimes even too. Like Canadians are, they're they're good. They're good people. They're good people. I would say so. Yeah, if you definitely please come to come to come to Canada and then we I can will. like for reals hang out. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm really vibing with you. <laughs> also, I don't know oh, yeah. if I said before, but congratulations on the engagement. I don't know if I oh thank you. I like, got so like I was like. So fuck Fame. yes. And oh my God, how exciting you're buying a fucking wedding dress. That is like the dream. Right. It's, uh, and you know, I challenge the idea that it's the dream because I have many, many dreams and getting married mm. happens to just be one of them. Um, but thank you very it's much. One of the very dreams. Excited. It's one of the dreams. Exactly. It was mm. on the vision board. And mm. because I'm a raging fucking overachiever, I think I have like three things left to book and then we're not getting married for like a year and six months. You're because so I wanted to space it out. I, I think it's a trauma response, honestly. <laughs> What's your sign? What's your like star sign? I do you want my big three. Yes. Um, I am a Cancer Sun. Okay. A Aquarius oh. Moon. Oh, and yes. a Taurus Rising. Oh, how beautiful! So I'm essentially a psychic, overachieving, competitive little bitch. <laughs> I fucking love that. I always vibe so hard with cancers. My partner is a cancer, actually. So is mine. Oh, my God. No way. Mm. Yeah. It's, that was on our first date. I think I jokingly was like, hey, 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 what's your sign? And because he is an artist and an incredibly expressive ADHDer, mm-hmm. he literally was like, walking by me. And I went, you're actually fucking kidding. You're, you're actually a, a fucking crab. You're actually a crab. <laughs> oh my god and we have um been together ever since it's just been absolutely fabulous but yes i am a cancer oh my god we're cute Amazing. but we'll fuck you up 
<laughs> yes, there's a dark side to every sign. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Okay. Now we can get into the fucking questions. But I'm glad that everyone's getting to know you because we're, yeah. we're going to have you back probably on the podcast. Because I we're gonna talk fucking about hope so. I, I want to have you on about. all the time. You're so fun. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're hilarious. Okay. Thank you. So. Um, first question is something I ask most of my guests and it's how do you express your slutty sexual or sensual self in the world or all three? I loved, I loved this question so, so much. Um, it's taken me a really long time to understand and really lean into it, but more and more, I am more proudly embodying the identity of a switch. Uh, for a really long time, I didn't have that vocabulary to uh, describe feeling like I could be more than one thing at the same time, um, that I can be outgoing, silly, sexy, confident, aggressive, and dominant, and also quiet, withdrawn, introspective, more of a receiver, uh, girly, very bimbo core, um, oh, and seeing where that translates both in my sex life and mm. my non-sex life and my professional life. Um, trying to express, okay, but I am all of these things, right? Like I don't, I don't feel like I am just a super aggressive go-getter. I have days that I have days, I have moments that I want to be withdrawn and I want to focus on just my internal emotions and feelings. And I want to hear them from other people. I want to take that time to be gentle, but I also want to, you know, have all of this fun and excitement um, so I've been really, now that I've been more active within that nutrition and sexuality area of my work, I've been loving having the ability to do and be both things. And so I'm, I'm a switch, baby. <laughs> oh, in every respect of the word, in every area of life. <laughs> the whole damn thing. <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm a switch too. In a lot yes. of I am. Are you, do you know your human design? Are you a manifesting generator? I believe I'm a generator. Okay. I have it in my, uh, on my altar in my, in my front room. Mm-hmm. I have it in my big book of all my, all my witchy spells. I love that you're a I've, witch. I didn't know that about you. I, I have three altars in it, three altars, two in the house, one in the car. Oh, you're a multiple altar gal. Yeah. I've got a Bridget in mm-hmm. the front of our house. Uh, because Bridget is for the home and the blacksmith. And my fiance is a blacksmith who specializes in swordsmithing. I have the bride what? Katana from Kill Bill hanging in my office right now. We have planned in our shot list for a photographer for a wedding. I get, I'm going to get photos in my wedding dress holding that thing because it's called the bride. Um, and then I have a Aphrodite in the office. I have the... Um, salt lamp on and everything she gets all the candles and the dried flowers um and then i have a freya in the car because chariots oh. we get through a lot of yellow lights together it's fabulous i'm like driving i can't tell how long it's been green i'm like freya please please that's why you're i just freya. Need, i just need i just need like to get to work like five minutes earlier and i'm like oh baby running through it i haven't touched wood um haven't had any car accidents haven't had any other than some minor like car structural issues my car is like almost 10 years old now um but I mean 
we're we're fucking doing it. So yeah, she be I got protecting you. Absolutely. So yeah, three three altars, and I believe I'm a generator. I'm trying to picture my chart okay. in my head. I also have a photographic memory, so I'm trying to like see it in front of yeah, me. Yeah, I do as well. That's the mm -hmm. only way I can fucking remember shit. <laughs> right? I gotta be able to see it. <laughs> yeah, me too. All right, next question. So we don't get too. I feel like we could go off on so many tangents. Ridiculous. Mm -hmm. All right, so we're going to chat about the importance of using inclusive language when talking about periods and the reproductive system, which I don't actually think I've spoken about on the podcast yet, but I talk a lot about on my Instagram at the blood slut. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. Um, because, I mean, this is something I'm really passionate about, obviously, because I'm trans non-binary. So, you know, it's really fucking important. Um, I see so many people in our space, dietitian spaces, a lot of dietitians and sex coaches and sexologists do not use inclusive language and it fucking pisses me off and I'm sure it pisses mm -hmm. you off too. It it shits me because especially the ones who are working in more of the sex um, education field, like they, yeah. a lot of them are actually educated in this, especially if they've studied sexology. We study gender, we study trans rights and advocacy and I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing? Why aren't you like, you know, preaching this shit that you've learned? It's bullshit. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's basically my question. Why is it so fucking important that we do that? Yeah, absolutely. On a brief side note, I, that's one of the things that pisses me off so much in sex ed or sex coaching sometimes when I, you know, you're vibing with somebody's content. You're like, ooh, yeah, this is great. And then they talk very heavily about, okay, this is why women really need to, uh, you know, lean into their divine, divine feminine. And I'm like, oh, oh, unfollow, yikes. Okay. You can have bits of feminine and masculine and androgyny and all those things. But please, please, dear God, please, please don't make that the essence of your work. It's just, it's problematic as hell and it's gross and I hate it. Stop. Um, so that's that part. Um, when we talk about inclusive language and I really, <laughs> I had to have this conversation with my partner because I wanted to make sure I articulated it correctly. Um, to get really and truly blunt about it, when we talk about sexual and reproductive health, the parts present are the meat and potatoes of it. Identity and self-identifying is so, so critical. And the context in which a person identifies is so incredibly important. We cannot ever um, ignore the lens, the nuance, the environment in which a person comes to understand their identity. But if a person has a cervix that needs regular monitoring, okay, great. If a person has a penis, they are gonna care for it differently than if they have a vulva. And the human reproductive system is so much more complex than a penis versus a vulva. Intersex people exist. And for that reason, to just simply use binary language around if you have a penis, if you have a vulva, or if you have a penis or a vulva, it's the and or. Um, to use binary language alone is incorrect and it's super exclusionary. And as providers, we have a responsibility to create safe and informed space for our patients and clients. If a person comes into our office and identifies as trans, that's that. Okay, great. But that's not that's not negotiable. That's not a that's not something we can necessarily even have permission to get into with them. But it's it's not an argument. That okay, great. That person's trans. They are, feel safe telling me that they're trans, and this is how they'd like to identify. Cool. That's all I know them as. 
what can I do for you today when you come into the office? Mm-hmm. Uh, the argument around women have periods or only women have periods, it's just reductive. Uh, I'm a woman and I'm a person. I'm not just, a, a, you know, my identity is not just around my ability to possibly, possibly get pregnant and to have periods. I have other elements of my life that are more important than whether I have a vulva or not. People are people. And to argue that, oh, but women are different than people. Okay, well that, no, they're not. They're they're the fucking same thing. You just find it easier to call women females and act like they're your fucking property than to acknowledge that they're living, breathing beings with complex identities and that have needs that might not align with yours. Um, And so, when we talk about people have periods or people with periods that covers the expanse. It also covers children who are not yet women. If we start calling children, women, we got a big fucking problem. Yeah. Um, You know, a nine-year-old person could menstruate if they have a uterus and a cervix and ovaries and a vagina, there's a possibility that that nine-year-old person is going to menstruate. Okay. I'm not going to start calling that person a woman just because they're menstruating. It feels fucking weird. Yeah. Feels uh, just gross. It feels, what's the word? Paternal. And that gag, hate that. Um, As in, as in calling her, uh, them a woman as opposed to a girl or as in girl and woman. Even even just from, from child to, to woman, the idea that having a, period suddenly makes you an adult and now yes. therefore you are yes. okay, open I get what you're for saying game, yep. open for kind of hunting in a sense. If we yes. think about like sexuality. And, you're maturing. And exactly. Having a period does not make you mature. Probably the first 10 years I had periods, I was, I was fucking insufferable. I was a teenager. It was awful. Some I people are eight that, years old. <laughs> right? Like that, that's not an adult. That's not somebody that's going to make like reasonable no. life decisions. Right. Um, no. So that's that's another kind of lens that we put on the people who have periods. And when we're mm-hmm. addressing a population, it's very different than addressing the singular, right? If we're using inclusive language, we're addressing everybody that's relevant to that conversation. And we modify that depending on who's sitting in front of us, right? Like we say people have periods, but if I have a person who comes into session, they are like, oh, as a woman, period. I'm like, okay, great. You've said the W word. We're going to say woman when we talk about your periods because that's your experience. We're communicating the same language. But if someone comes in and, and tells me, okay, I'm here for period problems. I'm trans BTW. I don't identify um, as a woman. I'm like, great. We're not using the W word. Fabulous. We're going to talk mm-hmm. about in mm-hmm. having a period. Like there's so many different ways that you don't necessarily have to put a gender label or an identity label on a period. It's a period. Yes. And so it's, it's a kind of apathy, but it's super loving in a way. Um, when I'm in session with someone, that's kind of that process. I'm asking if someone feels even safe to share their pronouns, because sometimes they don't, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I might not be the safest person for them to share that with, and that's mm-hmm. okay. Um, I'm letting mm-hmm. them know that I'll be asking some assessment questions about different body systems. They're welcome to let me know if they use alternative language for their different systems. Then I ask about symptoms and consistently using their language when it's warranted, right? Like I said, if, if the W word is not something that comes up and it's not necessary for me to like casually fit it into the sentence, I just yes. won't. It's, it, I don't need to make mm. their reality fit what mine is. That's ridiculous. Mm. I'm there Health doing providers, 
Health providers it, need to fucking listen to this. Loudest for health providers in the back. Yes. Your language does not need to squish to fit, you know, um, or you don't have to make your clients fit your reality. They, yeah. they have lives. Uh, I'm doing my job there with them for them, not for my agenda and for me to be the right one. But I'm the provider I know best. That's that's nonsense. They they yes. are the only ones that have ever lived in their body. They're going to know better. Um, so when we use inclusive language, we're handing them that power back that, you know, your body and you know what you call it. Mm-hmm. I want to call it what you call it when we talk so that we are talking about the same thing. Yes. Um, and I think if there are sex educators out there that listen to this podcast, if you're using binary language, I gently and lovingly want you to assess why you think binary language is so important and see where you can begin to untangle that maybe with your own therapist. And also (laughs) (laughs) go to therapy, bestie. Um, And also see where you can let go of the idea that someone has to fit into either box. Oh, I love that. That was exquisite. Thank you. Um, I had a question. Oh, my question is, because you're working in three different practices Mm -hmm. as well as your own business as well. No. So included. Exactly. It's kind of mushed in there. I had started um, started my own say yes to nourish. Yeah. Um, but by the time that I had kind of got it up and running, I picked up a maternity leave in private practice. Um, and I wasn't able to continue doing both. So I went, you know what, I'm going to use say yes to nourish. It's now Emily, the period RD, although I kept the website name the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wanted to use that as like an alias for how I operate as an educator within the world. So mm-hmm. people can reach me through that avenue but they can also reach me through any of the clinics that I work at I wanted to make sure I could provide resources that weren't just attached to whatever clinic also because then they're my intellectual knowledge and they go with me when I do yes I love that (laughs) that's amazing because I was wondering if working in private practices with other practitioners or even receptionists people that you work alongside have you Mm -hmm. noticed people using binary language or have you noticed people using um, maybe saying transphobic things if they've had you know a trans or non-binary person come in for an appointment you know and they're kind of in the lunchroom saying maybe some not so nice things have you ever come across anything like that I don't know that I've had anything in any of my work experience as directly like anti-trans narrative Mm -hmm. but I have had some experience experiences of uh, reception staff or not my immediate coworkers by any means, yeah. um, being trans uneducated. Yeah. Um, so not quite understanding that the switch to whatever pronouns and file system changes that a person needs are a lot easier than what we think they're going to be. And that, yes, you know, when you've known somebody for a really, really long time and then you meet them as their identity, Mm-hmm. Um, that there can, there can be a bit of a shift and that's okay, but that we are still accountable to making that particular shift. The yeah. women's health clinic that I'm at right now is unique in that we don't have our own receptionist. We do our own reception. Okay. So I am the one who's greeting folks at the door. Mm-hmm. My colleagues, they are the ones greeting folks at the desk. Uh, we do have a gal who comes in every so often just to help if we get super busy Um, but we've been really, really lucky that most of us have done some sort of extra training or extra education 
that, yes. uh, that that hasn't been an issue, but it, I have seen it where it's, it's not necessarily a blatant, they're saying awful things or they're making uh, judgments by any means, but just that kind of uneducated around, you know, how do we make these places more inclusive and, you know, where can we see those changes as positive to a clinic environment and not necessarily a detriment to our comfort, if that makes sense. Absolutely. What, um, do you have any resource suggestions or you just said some of you have done extra training to learn about, I guess, um, gender diversity and tran- the trans experience and everything. Can you suggest any uh, places where if a provider is listening to this conversation where they might find some resources or some courses? Yeah, absolutely. I can't remember what it stood for, but I believe the abbreviation was CBRI. Um, I There are some fabulous training courses. I was offered them through my grad certificate um, mm-hmm. on trans wellness initiatives. So kind of getting uh, more learnings around the lived experience of folks who are trans navigating the healthcare system. Yeah. Um, and then other things like Um, you know, how do we assist a person in accessing gender affirming care, whether that's medication or surgery, or how do they um, kind of present socially? And how can we help them do that? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I, after after we're done recording, I will see if I can find the actual link and I'll send it to you so you can pop it in the show notes. Uh, But I believe the abbreviation was CBRI. There are also some really fantastic sex education um, organizations out there that often offer training to providers and professionals. Um, I believe one of them is uh, SOGI. Um, again, the it's it, it was last semester that I looked at it. Um, mm-hmm. And then some of the other kind of associations for um, kind of sex education or comprehensive sex education. Yeah. Um, some of my favorite kind of poly and ethical non-monogamy resources can be really great for providers because if you're doing an mm. assessment and you're potentially seeing things like abrasions, bruises, et cetera, how do we go into that with a really open mind around it might not be that we're assessing abuse. It might be that we're uh, we're viewing a consequence, negative or positive, to someone really enjoying their sex life. Um, and how can we be open to those conversations as well? So um, I will um, I will pull all of my resources that I've got and I'll send those yeah. your way. Please put those in the show Amazing. notes. If you're a professional watching this, even if you don't um, go through all of the training, if you are uh, financially limited, consume as much free content from those websites as you can because they are life-saving to the people that you serve. Yes, thank you so much. I need to look into those myself to recommend to you know people in my sort of world because I I studied this at uni I haven't had to do extra training it was literally my degree so I've never really had to think about doing that so thank you for that that's really helpful hey hey thanks so much for tuning into this episode of blood slut we will catch you next week with part two and we're going to be talking all things the need for sex positivity in the nutrition space And we're also going to chat about pregnancy prevention for trans folks taking testosterone. Thanks so much. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. 
And don't forget to leave us a rating or a review. Basically, if you go on Spotify and you go on to Blood Slut Podcast, there is a little like star rating thing just below the title. Um, and then you can just like rate us out of five. Um, five star rating would be amazing if you love the podcast. And then if you use like Apple Podcasts, you can leave a review. Um, and you can do both of those things if you like and make sure you share if you loved this podcast episode or any of the other episodes make sure you share on your social media and make sure you tag me at the blood slut there will be links in the show notes if you'd like to book one-on-one sex coaching with me or purchase my period self-care guide or find any of the free resources that I have available for you to download and listen to. See you next week. Bye.